1: This is the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick
0: Cattles. I am back in my friendly confines here in Sacramento, California. Greg, of course, is still in the Northeast as we know where he resides. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles brought to you by Athletic Greens. One-stop shopping for 75 high-quality vitamins to help you start your day right and betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on sports. Greg, let's start with some headlines. Your guy, Jelani Tavai, signs a two-year, $4.4 million extension. The news came out earlier today. Uh, your thoughts on the signing and what this means big picture to you when you look at how the Patriots actually, you know, works the process with their team. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes i wonder if bill's
1: just trying is bill just trying to tweak me is he trying to get me going maybe you know before i go on felger and maz maybe he's a big fan of the show and wants to up the entertainment value um uh look i have a lot of thoughts on this um i will say first of all just to clarify for the um the simpletons out there who don't who haven't listened to our entire discussion about this the whole way. Um, I have nothing against Jelani Tavai. Um, uh, You know, if, if he was in a backup role, special teamer, okay, fine. You know, I have no problem with that. Um, My issue with Tavai arose very quickly in training camp when it became apparent that he wasn't just, slated for a backup role or a special teams role, that he was actually going to play a lot of snaps for this defense. And that has come to fruition this year. I think it says a lot of things. Uh, I'm waiting for ultimate judgment until this Bills game. But I do think that the Vikings game uh, is, is a good jumping off point in that what has really changed for this defense Um, You basically exchanged Dante Hightower and Kyle Van Noy, who were better than Jelani Tavai with Tavai. And, you know, we're talking about, so, you know, the the whole thing that we heard about was, well, this defense is, we're going to get faster. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. All of my lowest rated games for Tavai are basically the games that they've lost where they've looked slow on defense, Chicago, Baltimore, Miami, the Vikings game. You know th- those were the games where the Patriots needed to win games. They they could we know they could beat the bag out of the bad teams. Devi, I had him in three up. He might have been my one. Of, he was one of my top rated players against the Jets, the last Jets game, the Colts game, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Wonderful. Those def- those offenses stink. I don't care how the Patriots play defense in those games. I care how they play uh, defense against the better offenses like Minnesota like Buffalo on, on, on Thursday night coming up here. So, you know, if Belichick, and we're going to talk more about this, but if Belichick has something in his bag that involves Jelani Tavai, fine, okay. I'll come off and say Bill was right. But to me, this is more about how they couldn't find anybody else at middle linebacker. You know, Cameron Grohn couldn't do it. Mac Wilson couldn't do it. Raquan McMillan couldn't do it. So Tavai was really all that they had. And so, yeah, he's smart. He, he, he does his assignments well. That's really good. He's tough. Okay, fine. Yeah. But, I mean, I've heard from some people on Twitter, of course, who are like, oh, you're going to apologize now? Hell no, I ain't apologizing. <laughs> well, J- Jelani Tavai is a starter on this team, tells you everything you need to know about this roster, again, pending the Bills game. You know, if they don't win this game, if, they, don't, if they, can't, can't, they can't get off the field on defense against any of these teams down the stretch, you people should be apologizing to me. This is the same outfit that made LJ Humphrey a starting wide receiver in two of the first five games this year. And I was ranting against it. And guess what? He's not he's not on the roster anymore. And it also says something about the swing, the sway that Matt Patricia has. This is a guy who drafted Jelani Tavai in the second round in 2019 in Detroit. Nick, you know what he ran? You know what his 40 time was coming out of school? What was it, Greg? 4.89. <laughs> I mean, I think that's like Bailey Zappy territory. So to me, this is, you know, Belichick giving Matt Patricia his guy, you know, hey, you want one of your binkies? I get to keep like four or five binkies every year. I'll give you one. This is one of them. Look, if it was, if they gave him an extension for around the league minimum, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. I don't really have a huge problem with this contract because he does give the Patriots, he covers the Patriots on four downs in the worst case scenario because he does do a good job on special teams. But to give him double the base salary, for the next two years, it's a joke. It's a joke, and
0: I'm afraid what it means for this team going forward. Sorry. I'm not sure that there are a lot of teams banging down the door of Jelani to, to sign him if he free agent. That's number one. Number two, I will say, as you, as you just said, there is a caveat. If there's some grand plan, which, you know, we did not see it against Lamar Jackson. Mm -hmm. We did not see it against Justin Fields. We have not seen it against the very athletic teams they've faced uh, on a consistent basis. When I talk about athleticism, I'm, I'm mostly talking about the quarterback. So if they shock us, if this is something where Belichick had in his back pocket, a plan. Okay. The other thing I would say is, you know, if they make an off season move, that will improve the depth at linebacker, and Tavai does eventually slide in as the backup, you know, linebacker, then I could I could justify sure. it and say, okay, they've got a decent, you know, veteran backup guy who minds the P's and Q's, who won't lose his ass. But if the plan is we're signing Tavai to an extension because he's affordable and he's trustworthy, he's not explosive, he's not a, an impact player, but he's a guy who will do all the right things for us then it it, it is going down the same road and we see where the load re the the, the road leads, which is not being able to defend these mobile athletic quarterbacks on a consistent basis. So we'll see how it all comes together. Health wise, Andrews Myers, they expect to be back Harris and win and do not look good for this game against the bills, Greg.
1: Yeah. I mean, getting Andrews back would be huge. Of course. Um, You know, I think they, they, you know, Ferris has done a good job. I will give him that. You know, another guy who uh, – borderline NFL player who has brought value. I will say he's been vastly improved over the past year. I think he's done a decent job. But I, I I think there's a correlation between, you know, the Cole Strange that we saw with David Andrews next to him and the Cole Strange that we saw with James Ferentz. Because I do think that Strange struggled again in this game. Um wasn't as bad as some of the other games, but he still – Uh, struggled against a group where I really thought he was going to get right in this game. I thought the line was going to get right. And and for most part they did, but uh, they need Andrews back. There's no question about that. And uh, you know, Myers says he's going to play. He's been limited with the shoulder. Uh, You know, he's one good pop away as we saw later in that Vikings game, uh, basically going out tough as hell. Love Jacoby. Um, We'll see how much he can do. And, you know, Harris you know, I, I think they signed J.J. Taylor back to the practice squad. I mean, you know, they're they're running out of running backs. I mean, they can't let Stevenson do everything unless you want him to blow something out. And Wynn, I guess, was back at practice today,
0: but I'm, I wouldn't expect much from him this week. Yeah, and their rookie backs have been pretty much non-factors unless you count Pierre Strong making a dumb mistake on Thanksgiving, which we'll get to in a minute. <laughs> But you know, the, the running back depth is a question. And, and this is something where we know that Damian Harris's contract is coming up. What's the long-term plan. They obviously are not going to use Stevenson for, you know, uh, a thousand snaps. So, you know, what is the plan can, can strong develop and step up. Maybe it's happened before at that position. I'm certainly not ruling it out. The dude's a rookie. Um, you know, I, I don't know what you can expect from the other guys on this roster and uh, and counting the practice squad at that position. So uh, Harris, I thought showed some good burst the last couple of games before his injury. So it is going to impact this team. All right, let's talk about Thanksgiving. Pats lose 33, 26 to the Vikings. Um, I think just a lot of people were disappointed in this game for a lot of different reasons. Greg, the floor is yours. Yeah. I just thought
1: that the Patriots at the end of the day, they came up short in all three phases. Um, I thought that, Um, you know, you, you could sort of tell a little bit more about your team. I think you're more defined in tough road games than, in anything else. And I thought that the Patriots, you know, I wouldn't say that they failed the test, but I mean, if your ultimate bar is to win these games and not just be competitive and be there at the end, then you could make the argument that they failed in this game. I thought that, I thought that the defense, when push came to shove in the red zone, on some of the, you know, Vikings' biggest plays on some of their touchdowns, including the late the game-winning play to Thielen. I thought there were a lot of mistakes made on defense. Guys, you know, two guys covering the same guy on two of their touchdowns. Judon and Tavai both covered the running back on the first Jefferson touchdown, uh, you know, on the f- opening drive of the game. Um, nobody really had... Uh, Adam Thielen on the last one, where obviously there was a coverage breakdown. Um, I thought offensively, yes, they did a lot of really good things, but when push came to shove after the Devontae Parker pass from Mac Jones, which was a dime, which was an awesome play. But from that point forward, the offense was pathetic. It borderline dysfunctional. And that just can't happen. I mean, you know, normally you say, all right, against a good team, if you don't score a touchdown, in the fourth quarter you're not going to win the Patriots didn't even sniff they barely made any first downs outside of a you know an opening slant uh to I think it was Kendrick Bourne and then the screen pass to Ramondre Stevenson that's basically all they did on offense for more than a whole quarter and on the road and that's just not going to get it done and then you know special teams the kickoff return um you know, it just it can't happen. No matter what happens, with holding, not holding, it just it can't happen. There, not after your offense just grabs you the lead, you can't just give it right back. And and uh, and also, I didn't think the punter did a good job outside. He had one good punt. His other two punts were terrible. So I just thought the Patriots overall, they just they just came up short um, in all three phases. And you know that's not a good sign going forward into these final games. Why
0: do they keep coming up
1: short in in these kinds of games, Greg? Nick, I wish I had the question to me. I mean, I wish I had the answer. I mean, to me, I think, you know, I just don't think without, you know, an elite quarterback and I'm not saying that you absolutely have to have that, but if you don't have that, and I think Mac Jones is good enough, um, you know, we'll see going forward, but if you don't have Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or, you know, one of the select few guys, uh, you need talent. And I think I think because they don't have – if Brady's the quarterback, they win this game. But they don't. They came up short just like they've come up short for, you know, three years going on now. Why? Why? Because they just don't have enough difference makers on either side of the ball. Like no one on offense do you look at outside of Stevenson and say, All right, well, that guy's gonna make a game changing play. Um, nobody on defense outside of Judon. If somebody takes care of Judon, which is what we saw at the end of last year, can this defense get off the field? The answer again was no. So to me, it just without a Tom Brady, a quarterback, I think they just they they lack enough top end talent to compete with some of these teams, or at least to beat these teams.
0: Before we get to the officiating, because you're going to allow me to rant a little bit, because I absolutely believe the officiating has to be addressed. When we talk about this game on Thanksgiving, let's, let's first talk about Mac Jones, you know, to the layman, to to my eyes watching this game, I I thought he was mostly really good. I thought his decision-making seemed like it had improved you know, especially considering they couldn't run the football. I mean, he had about 50 yards rushing in this game. And we know when the Patriots don't run the football, their offense usually isn't as good as it should be. I thought Mac, all in all did, did well on, on Thursday night. What were your thoughts watching?
1: Yeah. You know, I thought this was one of his better games, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go nuts about it. I don't care what his stats were at the end of the game. Um, you know, they still do a bunch of short stuff. I do think he made he made more big-time throws in this game. I had him for four-plus throws. But, I mean, you know, for example, the first play of the game, that they fumbled the snap, and then he – I think that's the one he threw to Myers um, coming across. Um, that play really should have been picked off, and I actually don't even think he, he, he made the right read. Kurt Warner does some sort of YouTube where he goes over this, and I was just – I was watching it earlier, or at least some of it, and you know i I thought Kurt had some really good points, and he 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 really pointed at the scheme about how it's too simplistic and it's it's not helping Mac Jones. But anyways, um you know, I thought I, this was definitely a step forward for Mac Jones. He made more plays down the field this offense did. I thought it was I thought Matt Patricia did a better job in terms of plan and execution and timing up the routes and things like that. I do think that the Vikings aren't very good. On defense, I don't think they have much of a pass rush. I think they are they're they're limited at at uh cornerback. They play, you know, a lot of simplistic zone. Um, you know, in advanced analytics, they're pretty far down there in terms of passing defense. But I do think that, you know, Mac had his shortcomings in this game. Um, you know, for example, you know, the sack where Trent Brown cut cut blocks for no reason. Um, you know, yes that pressure was there and it was there quickly there's still a play for for Mac Jones to be made there to Devontae Parker and he and he takes the sack and now it's fourth and 16 and now they're they're dealing with a prayer so you know there were there were some of those decisions in this game some of those decisions as far as throwing not seeing open guys
0: um you know he was good uh he could be a lot better all right. So before we get to Athletic Greens, let me just say this about the officiating. I know why people uh, such as Greg and others in the media, they they don't like to spotlight officiating unless it's at the very end of a game. And it's a crucial miss. You go back to years ago. I think it was what Rams and Saints in the past interference that everybody saw. And it was outrageous that it wasn't called. And I get it because there there is a concern. And I've done plenty of shows where people go down the rabbit hole here, right? There's a concern that once you open up that Pandora's box, then every game is going to be questioned because of officiating. I give most viewers and football fans a little bit more credit than than some others do. I I do think not every call is the same. Not every missed call impacts a game uh, the same. I thought that if we're going to hold players accountable for mistakes, we should hold officials accountable for mistakes and obvious missed calls. And I just cannot, you know, watch that second half and say that the officials did not play a gigantic role in this game. And I'm not telling you it's the only reason why the Patriots lost. Trust me, the Patriots made a ton of mistakes. We can list them. They made a ton of mistakes, but that doesn't mean the officials didn't make mistakes. And when we when we talk about Patriots players making mistakes on penalties like Jonathan Jones, you know, two face masks. In and, and, and saying, "Well, the players didn't make the plays they need to win." Well, guess what? Vikings players made a lot of mistakes that were just straight up missed in this game by the officiating. And they were to me, they were egregious, obvious calls. The, the, the kickoff return for a touchdown. Yes, the Patriots could have done much better on that play. But you know what? If the official does his job, like the Patriots are supposed to do their job, that's a clear holding on dugger. It goes back 10 yards. The guy doesn't get a touchdown. There's not a gigantic swing in momentum in that football game. Who knows what the Vikings do if that kickoff is actually handled correctly with a holding call. It's the reason why the guy gets to the sideline. So get out, just get out of my face with that. Secondly, the Hunter Henry catch, non-catch. The NFL has no idea what a catch is. Chris Olave for the Saints had an obvious catch on Sunday against the Niners they missed. That is a catch. And if it's, if it's not a touchdown for whatever reason, oh, he didn't, he didn't survive the ground. I'm sorry, the last time I checked, when you have your foot, your, your hand of the football, and your and your hand goes over, and the ball rolls over across your chest as the ball as your hand is on the football, I thought that would be a touchdown. Even if it wasn't, as Mike Florio wrote, it should have at least been a catch, which would have left you at fourth and goal from the half yard line. That's four points. If the Patriots go for it, which I think they do from the half yard line, you're talking a four point difference. When you when you see a third down play that's crucial in the game, and you know one of the Vikings grabs a hold of Mac Jones's face mask and pretty much drags him to the ground, and it's completely missed by two guys watching it when it's their job to call the play or to to call the, the penalty and throw the flag, like these are these are impact plays and calls and missed calls in the second half that went across the board. For the Vikings, the, the the personal foul in the middle of the field when Bryant leads with his shoulder and the receiver is changing levels, that is not a fifteen yard penalty. Instead of what it was going to be, I think it was like third and fifteen off the top of my head. If that play isn't, if that if that penalty isn't isn't called. That's it completely changes series. It completely changed that second half. And I don't know if the Patriots would have won if if some of those calls were actually made and, and, and the Henry catch was not overturned. I don't know if they win that game. But what I do know is it's a one possession game on the road and four or five gigantic calls in the second half alone went against you. And if people say it's from your New England, I'm sorry. No, it's not. I watched this game with a Lions fan. I was in Virginia. I watched it with a Lions fan, a Steelers fan, and a Buccaneers fan. And all three of them apologized to me after the game and said, Jesus, I wish I was, you know, I'm glad I'm not a Patriots fan because that was brutal. It was one-sided in the second half, and they should be embarrassed. That crew should be embarrassed. The explanation for the Henry, Henry thing made no sense. Bad officiating happens in the NFL. But when you have that many calls in a one-possession game, swing the momentum, it has to be talked about. Whether you wanna put it as reason one, two, or three, that's your call, but it affected that game. And I will go down fighting that. And I think it's disingenuous for people in the media to not, including myself, to not act as if some of these calls actually do impact games, because guess what? They do. There, there's, this, there's this weird thing in the media, man, like we can't admit when officials screw up uh, and, and it affected a, a game because it's all about what the guys do on the field. No, like coaches affect the game, players affect the game, refs affect the game, weather affects the game. Those are the four things to me that affect the game. And we have to include the officiating. And if we don't, we're doing it wrong. When, when, we, when we crap on a team because they stunk, they deserve it. Well, let's crap on the crew because they stunk out loud on Thanksgiving. All right, before we get to three up, three and we talk about the bills. Let's get to uh, our friends at Athletic Greens. Wait, so you were, so it was Cattles, a Lions fan,
1: a Steelers yes. fan? Yes. And and who who was the other person?
0: Buccaneers fan. So I've got a friend in Virginia, sounds a friend like, that- feels oh. like Thanksgiving Day hell. <laughs> a friend that's uh, a friend that was in the service that is originally from Florida. Well, actually was born in New England, but grew up in Florida, is a Florida fan of a lot of teams. And then I got another buddy who's- was in the service like in the Air Force and he he's from Michigan. So he's a, a Detroit fan and, and an Ohio State a Michigan fan, which made him very happy on Saturday. And then my other friend uh, kind of just, she's from Canada, but she's a Steelers fan for whatever reason. So they, all three different fit. And I asked that in the middle of the fourth quarter, I said, look, am I, am I, am I crazy? Like, I don't, I don't want to come across as that guy who just like, this is ridiculous. This is why they're, and they were like, no, this is, you're, you're not wrong about any of these things that have happened. And I'm like, okay, good. So I, I, felt, I felt justified when I had three fans that were not Patriots fans saying, uh, this is awful officiating and it has absolutely impacted the game. So there you go. I started taking AG1
1: because I wanted to make sure I was getting all the vitamins and nutritional supplements I needed in one place and to endure uh, cattle's referee takes. Now I'm, I've been on it for four months, and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It, it has kind of a mild tropical taste, a little minty, and I actually look forward to it each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right – This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things you're looking for. I take it first thing in the morning. It's now part of my routine, and I'd be lost without it. I love how it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. Right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Bedard. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Bedard to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional sh- insurance. Make a great gift uh, for someone you love. All right, the world's fastest three up, three down from the Vikings game, Greg. Oh, yeah, crap. I forgot to um, call that <laughs> up. but I, I do know that I had uh, uh, Devontae Parker on there. Uh, I also had... I think Stevenson and shit. I'm just calling it up now. Um, hang on, I have it. Thirty seconds. Okay, uh, Matthew Judon, Devontae Parker, Lawrence Guy, and Three my up. down, my okay. my down, Johnny Smith, uh, who helped tackle Ramondre Stevenson when he was a bust a, about <laughs> to bust like a thirty-yard play. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, Yachty, I'm, I'm looking forward to his contract extension in the next day. Yadni could use, uh a lot of the most pressure on the team and Devin McCourty. Um, I thought that, for, you know, for the first time, I thought a team sort of targeted him. And uh, while I still think as a whole for the league, his speed is fine at safety. Um, it's not where it once was for this
0: team, which used to really rely on it yeah and of course with the the overall lack of of speed that we see from time to time from this defense you know I mean McCourty you would hope that he had a little bit more legs but hey I I think he's still a good football player but he's also what 35 years old and you know guys don't play at the level at 35 they played at when they were 29 unless you're Tom Brady so there you have it all right let's look at the bills um It feels like it's been five years since the Patriots were able to force the Bills to punt uh, going into this game, Greg, just your thoughts about Buffalo who they survived against Detroit. And I I thought Dan Campbell embarrassed himself in the final moments of that game with his awful clock management, but yeah. uh, your thoughts on, on the Bills coming into Thursday night here.
1: Well, you know, I, I, I do think that the Bills have sort of been, um, you know they they've been sort of scuffling they had the back-to-back losses against the jets and the vikings and and allen was throwing some you know bad red zone red zone interceptions and you know then they beat the browns and the lions um patriots have been through that gauntlet before and actually made it look a lot easier um with bailey zappy at quarterback maybe yeah maybe zappy should start for the bills um <laughs> <laughs> uh but i do think you have to take in the, you know the They've had a rough stretch, you know, with the snowstorm, uh, lack of practice. I think they I think I heard somebody say that heading into the Lions game, they only had like one practice in like two weeks. And so wow. um, and, and, you know, Josh Allen was dealing with the elbow injury, which also limited his practice time. But this week he was full go. And I, I know there's an illness going through the team. No excuses for them if they come out and they don't play well. Um, but I do think getting back into a normal routine for them is, you know, really going to help them. Um, you know, yes, they're not the juggernaut Patriots, how, you know, they never have a down game. The Patriots, uh, the, the Bills, you know, can be up and down. But the thing is, what we noticed the last two seasons is when they had this lull, like they lost those games against the Jets and the Vikings, then they go on a win streak. And you know, and, and it sort of corrects themselves for the end of the season. And I think, I think unfortunately for the Patriots, they're they're seeing them coming into this. I, I don't think that they're unstoppable on defense. Uh, as far as the Patriots' defense against the Buffalo offense, um, you know, you got I, I I would figure the Patriots can limit digs, but I thought that against Justin Jefferson, and they allowed him to go off. Um, you know, I don't think that their weapons are special all over the place. Like, I don't think Gabe Davis is like T. Higgins. I think he's more like a, you know, a mid-level number two or a high number three. And so, I, I do think they're we- look lacking a little bit in weaponry. And but I, I a big thing with this Bills team is like, can they run enough to help Josh Allen? Because if uh, where they ran into trouble against the Jets and the Vikings is when they, they become too Josh Allen centric. Like they, yeah. you know, he's, he's a special talent, but he can't do it all. And if you, the more you ask him to do at some point in time, he's going to make the stupid play. That's just who he is. It was sort of the way Andrew Luck was with the Colts. When, you know, if you, if you relied on luck too much, he was going to make mistakes and he often did. And, and so uh, a big key for me is the, the Patriots got to make it one dimensional they got to get him in the long yardage. And then they got, the big thing is, they got to have a plan for Josh Allen's legs on third down, if they can get yep. him to third down. And, you know, that's the path to you get them to third down, get them to third and long, have a plan like Mac Wilson or Josh Uche, somebody to spy Josh Allen that can limit his running ability. Because I think that's where he really kills this Patriots team. When it's third and manageable and Allen can roll out and do whatever he wants to do, I don't think the Patriots have much hope of stopping the Bills, but if they can get him in the long yardage and keep him just in the pocket and throwing and get a little pressure, then I think that's how
0: they pull the upset. Yeah, the the Bills have not been as good as I thought they were going to be. I, you know, early in the season I thought they were playing at a, at a pretty high level. And I actually had them going to the Super Bowl this year and, and said that I thought that they were the most complete team in the NFL before the season kicked off. They've still had some of the same issues, though, that they've had for a couple of years now. Like they, they don't have a very great, you know, run game, run attack. It's not very consistent. So I think you can stop the run. And defensively, they have some issues against the run. And Milano, you know, he, he's pretty good against the run, but I think you can pick on him in the past game. I, I've seen him torched a couple of times. I thought he made some a couple of huge mistakes against Detroit. Overall, a, a very good player but I, I do think he's susceptible to a couple of mistakes a game and you can attack him a little bit in the passing game. Um, so I, I don't think, as you said, I don't think they're world beaters. I don't think they're unstoppable. I think they can be beat, especially, you know, in Foxborough, it's going to be fascinating because you know, you got your butts whooped twice at the end of the year against Buffalo last year. And you went into the off season, and what you should have been doing if you were Belichick and company, processing why the bills did what they did to you and trying to figure out how to attack and, and and also protect yourself from those things. When you go like two games without forcing a punt, I mean, it should force you defensively to change a number of things, talent scheme wise, both. And we'll see if the Patriots do that on Thursday night, Um, before we get to the pick,
1: just, I mean, please. My big thing is please tell me, with what happened last year, the entire offseason, that Bill Belichick has something up his sleeve in this game that yeah. has something that he's been working on, you know, whether it's Mac Wilson or Raquan McMillan or some sort of super role for Kyle Duggar or, you know, something that they've been cooking up because if they don't um, you know, I don't know how much confidence I have going forward.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, if, if there are no tangible changes to how they approach the Bills offense and Josh Allen. Then there should be heavy criticism on Bill Belichick because again, he's the guy that he's the guy that runs the roost. He's the guy that, you know, we we all respect as a football coach and have called him the greatest coach of all time and we've mm-hmm. talked about him being a defensive genius. Defensive geniuses don't go three games without, you know, giving up a punt to an offense. At some point, you have to come up with something that slows them down. If they do it on Thursday night, then I'll be the first to credit Belichick. If they don't do it on Thursday night, I'll be one of the first to criticize Belichick. Before we get to the pick, Greg, let's uh, talk about Bet Online, the number one source for sports betting for football and basketball.
1: Absolutely. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting for football and basketball this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Always your continued source for sports wagering information. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf games and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. BetOnline,
0: where the game starts. All right, so the Bills minus 4.5, the Over-Under is 43.5. I I believe we both were wrong last week on the Vikings, boo-hoo. We finally got one wrong um what do you think about this one you like the bills minus the four and a half or do you think the patriots can keep it tighter or win uh
1: i mean i i do think you know i think this will mirror um you know which game was uh, so the win game was in buffalo so the second regular season game was here at gillette and that was actually like a one score game in the fourth quarter i think that was jc jackson had the chance for the uh interception deep in bills territory that would have Changed the game um, but he dropped it and so uh, you know being at Gillette Thursday night uh, I do like the Patriots to keep it close Um, but at the end of the day until I see different on the field you know uh, you know what what we just saw with their defense against the Vikings just looked like a carbon copy of what happened last year Uh, so you know, unless Belichick has some sort of uh, master plan up his sleeve, then, you know, I'm taking the bills probably by about seven in this game.
0: Can the Patriots do it? Yes. Will they do it? I just don't feel good about it. And, you know, th- this is not an unstoppable bills team. They're beatable, but the Patriots would have to severely limit mistakes. They would have to run the football without Damian Harris against this bills defense. They would have to cook up a plan that limits Josh Allen. And, and as Greg talked about earlier, I talked about earlier, we've, we've seen it this season, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, these athletic quarterbacks, the Patriots, they have not been able to solve the equation. And until I see them do it, until I see them slow down a mobile quarterback and not give up back breaking third down conversions or long chunk plays because the guy just takes off and runs for 30 yards or long chunk plays because he extends it for five five minutes. And you can't, you can't, you know, cover that long until I see it. I'm not going to believe it. So I'm going to roll with the bills here. I, I think it could be, you know, six, seven points. You could have a, a late score for a 10 point game. Again, I do think the Patriots have a chance. This is not one of those things where it's like, Oh, easily blow out city but they just, they got to do so much better than they've done against a team like this. And until I, I see it, I'm just, I'm not going to pick them even with four and a half, um, the over under 43 and a half. What do you think, Greg you going over or under on that one? I'm going over,
1: you know, I think, I think it'll be in the twenties, but I think, you know, Buffalo probably gets to 2730 and the Patriots stay around 2324, somewhere in that
0: area. I agree. I can see, you know, 27, 20 ish, some kind of, some kind of score like that. All right. Uh, no BSJ member question. Cause Greg's going to run to Felger and Maz and I've got a pretty busy day out here, but there is a cyber Monday deal going on at Boston sports journal.com that uh, Greg wanted to tell you about.
1: Yeah. Go over to Boston sports or go to my uh, Twitter account. Cause I tweeted it out yesterday and I will um, today, but if you act now, by uh, midnight on wednesday you get 40 percent off a bsj annual membership it's the best discount we offer all year we're not one of these outfits that give you know subscriptions for a dollar you know because we're actually running a real business where we need to pay people and we're not just trying to get subscribers and so uh, we would love your support Um, you know you can even go over there and, and and you know buy a couple of gift subscriptions and and things like that and give them out so uh if if you like our work here with the podcast you got to go subscribe over at bsj because you get all my coaches film and things like that and analysis and it really gives you the complete Bedard experience and nick who doesn't want the complete
0: Bernard experience <laughs> drink it not in. even my wife does He's Greg. I'm Nick. It's the Greg Madar Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles. Brought to you by Athletic Greens and BetOnline.ag. We'll see what the guys do on Thursday night. We'll be back to react to it. Be well. Be good. And be healthy.